Welcome to Living the Word Today, brought to you by Mount Calvary Baptist Church. We invite you to spend the next few minutes studying God's Word with your Bible teacher, Jesse Wagoner. Pastor Wagoner's desire for you is to not only understand God's truth, but to help you live it today. More resources can be found on our website, livingthewordtoday.com. Now it is time to open your heart and your Bible for your time in the Word. That is who you are. 
when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. This is a study of angels. Angels are mysterious. They're marvelous, and they're also misunderstood. But most importantly, they are real. But where do we go for information about such creatures that are just beyond our reach? Well, you can go back to history and to the mythology of great and amazing creatures that were interacting with the humankind. You can go to modern UFO lore and find that there's always something out there beyond our ability to perceive. Even our comic books are filled with creatures that have superhuman powers and inhabit a realm slightly different than ours. In medieval times, they were pictured as chubby little babies painted on the ceilings of chapels. In more modern times, in movies and TV, they're pictured as bumbling and stumbling servants trying to just correct their mistakes so that they may earn their wings. Well, I want to suggest to you the only definitive source is the Bible. Because the Bible is God's word to us. Consider this your master class on angels. Because in the Bible, almost 300 times, but in both the Old and the New Testament, angels are mentioned. But we have, to, we have to engage this study in a little different fashion. Because never is the spotlight on angels alone. It's always something else that's going on that really is in the spotlight. But angels just sort of show up and say something. Angels sort of show up and do something. They're certainly, certainly just there for a moment and then they are gone. But they are depicted as real. So we have to look behind the, the veil of all of what is really going on in the forefront to see what is going on out there in the background and in the beyond. And if we pull all of these threads of truth together, it does paint a rather full picture of angels. There are also fallen angels, and the Bible speaks much about them. That is not the purpose for this study. In this study, we're just going to look at those righteous angels, those agents of God and agents of good. And more importantly, we're going to learn what this should do for us, how we in living today can have our lives improved with this knowledge that God indeed has a, a powerful team of servants and agents at his disposal to carry out his will anywhere, anytime, anything he needs. We can find assurance in that. Today we want to talk about angel origins. Where do they come from? What is their beginning? And some about their nature. And we're also going to learn 
that that team that God has put in place is a very significant thing for us to understand. First of all, let's talk about the origin. I'm going to take you to Psalm 148, verses 2 through 5, and let me read those for you right now. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you stars of light. Praise Him, you heavens of heavens. And, the, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. Did you notice that? They were created. Now he mentions here in this text, he mentions the moon and the stars and the heavens, but tucked into this list are the angels. So it's very clear from this psalm that uh, as it is given to us, the psalm is telling us, the psalm of creation is telling us that angels are part of this creation. They are created beings. They may have more powers than we do. They may have more ability than we do, more experience, more longevity than we do. But nonetheless, they are created beings. They do not surpass God in his ability, his authority, and his rule over all. Just as we are under God's authority or should be, should consider ourselves to be, uh, angels are also under that similar authority of God. So they were created. Now, there's a hint for us about when they were created. And I want to take you to the book of Job and take a look at that. In uh, chapter 38, verse 6 and 7, To what were its foundations fashioned, and who laid its cornerstone, when the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy? That fact where he talks about the cornerstone and laying foundations really probably refers to the second day of creation when the waters were separated from the earth and the dry land appeared. Those, that dry part, the, 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 the continents and so forth, are the substantial foundations of the earth. So in that it says, it says there that the morning stars sang together. Now that's probably a veiled reference to angels, but there was worship. There was these creatures that are sometimes associated with stars in the scriptures that, that they were announcing this beautiful thing that God had done. So probably on day two of creation, at least by day two, the angels had been created by God. Then if you go forward, mankind does not appear till almost the end of the week on day six. That being the case, you see that they were before us. They were created before mankind. They were created. They were created before mankind. So they have a lot more experience with God and the universe and how they perceive it than we do. They've been around for a long time. They have seen a lot. They've done a lot. They've experienced a lot. They have added to their database of knowledge more than we could in a simple lifetime. Even with the preserved knowledge of mankind through, through books and other media of, of tra transforming and transferring, I should say, our information to generations yet to be, angels have that accumulated. The fact is they are this. Angels were created before mankind, and they are an experienced part of God's team. Here's the great news for us. With all that experience, with all that they have seen and heard, uh, we understand that we are also part of God's team if you're one of his children. And we should enjoy being part of this team. We should, we should find our place, use our gift, accept our position, and spend our days doing simply this. What? Serving God. Serving God. Being part of God's team. Now, I can't specifically tell you just like I couldn't really specifically say, well, that angel was designed for worship or that angel is designed for rulership or that angel is designed for organization or that angel is designed to be a messenger. They all seem to have those roles as you see them mentioned in Scripture. But with those roles in mind, you also have to understand that, that they are all part of a big team. 
there is much beyond what you and I see on a daily basis. That's part of why we study angels, because it just it expands our, our understanding that there's a great big God out there and a great big creation out there and a great big team out there, and what God is doing is what should excite us, and we should enjoy being part of the team. You know, there's moments, and I don't know how you feel right now, there's moments sometimes where I just get weary. Paul talks in, in Galatians about growing weary and well-doing. You're doing the right thing, but you just get weary and tired. We need to be re-energized and say, I'm not finished yet. God's not finished with me yet. I have some role to play in his great team, to be part of my church, part of the church, and use whatever gifts that has that, that he's given me to serve others. Maybe just as simple as, I'm going to be part of my local church. Whatever's going on at church, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be part of it. I'm going to give. I'm going to support. I'm going to be a cheerleader. I'm going to tell other people about what's going on in the work of God. I'm glad that in the church that I have the privilege of being a part of, there's a great team of encouragers around that encourage me and encourage others that serve God in this setting to just tell us to keep going, and they appreciate what we're doing as we seek to teach and model and and instruct and to make other followers of Christ as we instruct them in the Word of God. So you just enjoy being part of the team. And just simply ask your question, what can I do for the Lord? And maybe you make that a matter of prayer. Lord, help me to see my part of the team and help me to know that there's something very significant out there. And God's team is way beyond even the humankind, even way beyond even in the human level, beyond people I see. The churches all around the world, different ethnicities, different groups, different ages, different talents, different abilities, but we all can work together. So I want to be part of this team. Now, they were not only created before mankind, they were created above mankind. Let me take you back to Psalm 8. Let's take a look at a verse of scripture there. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honors. That's Psalm 8, verses 4 and 5. Notice he says, he looks at mankind, the psalmist, and David here is the psalmist. He says, you know, this great big universe. And he said that before, the, before we, where we cut into the passage in verse 4. He says, what is man that you're mindful of them, that you're even aware of them? Why would you even notice us in this vast creation that you've made? But then he says that you've made mankind, you've crowned man with glory and honor. We're the greatest of God's creatures that are exclusively on this planet. But he says, you've made him a little lower than the angels. A little lower than the angels. We see here that, that God is telling us that the angels outrank us. They are beyond us in ability. They are beyond us in understanding. And uh, this is not really the purpose of this lesson. But you understand uh, that we're told in, in Ephesians 6 that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against these spiritual powers. That's why we need to appropriate God's help and God's strength and put on the armor of God, as he says in that passage. Why? Because we are outranked by the angelic realm. The great news is God has his agents of good and his agents available to help us. Even in that struggle, unseen, they come along and help us. And it tells us that they are greater than us. And we need to have some confidence that, that they, this, this strength is there. You see, angels were created above mankind, and they are a powerful part of this team. So what should we do? We should be confident. God has it covered. God has strength available to help us, to help us understand that he is at work in ways that you and I don't ever see. You know, God's work in, through angels is always subtle. It's always sort of mysterious, as I said at the beginning. It's sort of out there. Now, I, I, we can't take the experience of me or you or others we've talked to and equate it to biblical data. Okay, I understand that. But, 
It is fascinating to hear stories from the mission field and even from our lives where something strange happens or someone just seems to show up for just a brief moment and then they're not there anymore. They've, they've kind of slipped away unseen. And you say, what was that all about? Or maybe you've had some experience, maybe uh, some uh, driving experience where you should not have come out of that as good as you did, but you were spared, you were protected. At least we wonder if God has sent his powerful angels to be there to help us, to guide us, and to protect us. He has enough strength through whatever means. Sometimes we might wonder, well, why would God use angels? Because he could just directly do whatever he wants. He could, he could send a miracle. He didn't need to send an angel. He could just send himself. Well, part of, I think there's two reasons for the creation of angels and being, being made more powerful than us. The first is the reality that we can relate to other created beings. And the fact from the human standpoint to know that there are beings out there beyond us in addition to God himself that are, that are doing his bidding and, and they're doing it in a powerful fashion encourages us and we can relate to that. It, it makes the, the work of God more relatable. But also God created angels to reflect his glory just as humankind was created to reflect his glory. By the way, whenever you see scripture, in scripture angels showing up, usually you see associated with light. They're in bright light clothing. They are shining. It's brilliant. It's like lightning. It's like the sun. There's all this light shining. Well, where does that come from? Well, part of this being above us and these powerful angels is they hang out with God. God is pictured as light and glory. Remember, there's a story in the Old Testament that talks about uh, Moses when he went up on the mountain to have communion with God. It says when he came down, his face was shining. It's as if he had absorbed some of this energy, this divine energy of God's glory, and it was re-emanating it from his own being. The angels that occupy this spiritual realm also have this reality that they are in the presence of God. And I think that, that light that is shining is, is the glory of God coming, and it tells us that they are powerful. You can be confident in this life because God has plenty of resources, plenty of agents, plenty of means, direct or indirect, that he can help you with whatever you're needing. What do you need today? What are you struggling with today? What are you worried about today? What do you say, I can't do this? <laughs> you know, most things we could say, I can't do this ultimately. I can't even do this. How can I teach God's word in a way that's understandable, that, that can really make a difference in life? I've got to depend on the spirit of God to be the real teacher here. In those moments, we have to be confident that God has a team, that we are part of the team, and the part of the team that you and I don't see every day is a powerful part of what God is doing. Now, angels were created before mankind, they were created above mankind, and they were also created in a different realm than mankind. They're created different than mankind. Let me take you to Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14, where you find this very fascinating statement about angels. And they are, excuse me, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister? For those who will inherit salvation, Hebrews 1.14 says they are created as ministering spirits, serving spirits. They are spirit beings. They occupy the spiritual dimension. The reality is we occupy the physical dimension. They occupy the spiritual dimension. Now you'll see as we come to the end of our study today that that indeed overlaps. But uh, how can we understand something that uh, creatures that occupy a dimension we can Think with me for a moment if I drew on my page here the outline of a little person, a little, little outline figure. And that person, that little flat person, just occupied this plane, okay? There was height and width, but he's completely flat, okay? So we're out here in a third dimension of uh, beyond that, that two-dimensional universe he is. We could see him, but he can't see us because he can only see things on that plane. But we could fool him. We could go, 
We can touch his plane and suddenly something would just appear right there out of nowhere. And then it disappears. And then it could appear over here because we are in this dimension beyond this two-dimensional plane. Now, we occupy a three-dimensional plane of time and space and matter. That's how we perceive this universe in which we exist. Is those, those are what are the constituent parts of this universe. But God and the angels occupy a dimension beyond that. They have a dimensionality that is the fourth dimension, the fifth dimension, or maybe an infinite number of dimensions. It's out there beyond us. They can see us. They can interact with us. But we can't always interact with them. Only when they decide and when God allows them to touch into our dimension. Because they are spirit beings. They are spirit beings. Now, there's something else I want to share with you. It's over in the book of Revelation. Let's take a look at this. Where we see this verse about the number of the angels. It said, And I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. This is John's vision. And the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Well, we can do a part of the math, can't we? 10,000 times 10,000 is 100 million. That's a lot of angels. <laughs> but then he adds this little statement. He says, and thousands of thousands. It's like, this is an indeterminate number. It's, it's just a number that just sort of keeps going. God is basically saying, you know how many angels there are? It's a bigger number than you want to deal with because your brain will probably shut down before you can calculate it. Millions of angels, hundreds of millions of angels, billions of angels. I can't give you a definitive number, but there's more than enough to do God's bidding because they operate in this spiritual plane that's different than us. And there are a number that are larger than us. God has it covered. And you know, we're localized onto one little planet. Maybe someday we'll go out and sit down on Mars and walk around on its red surface. But right now we're localized on this one little planet. The angels not only can occupy all of this physical realm, but they occupy that dimension beyond us. They are different. And the thing is, they are available to step in at any moment to do whatever God needs done for us. They are an available part of the team, okay? Question, are you an available part of the team? Are you willing to say, Lord, I'm ready? Whenever someone says, we need some help, why don't we be the first person to raise our hand and jump in? Or better yet, why don't we look for something to do for God even before we're asked to do it? Sometimes we're waiting around to be asked, but be part of this team. Think of the glory and the grandeur it is to be part of a massive team of servants. And it's a team that's an amazing, powerful, useful reality for God's glory. That's why you were made. That's our purpose, is to bring glory to God and serve Him. You know, Satan comes along and our own flesh drives us in this way, that we think that we are here just to serve ourselves, to get some money, have a few laughs go through life and accomplish something, gain some fame or notoriety or some admiration. You know what? Ultimately, you know this to be the case, don't you? All that really doesn't matter. All that really isn't worth what, it, what, it is, what, it, what we think it is. And Jesus said, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and he loses his own soul? We are made to glorify God. We should be excited about serving. You excited about serving? You excited about every day I can get up and I can do something for God? I can do something for His glory? I can do something to, to, to bring glory to His name? That's what you need to say every day. And I need to say every day, I'm available. To be my one little part of a big team, yes. But God has a great team in the human realm and an even greater team in the spiritual realm. And then lastly, these angels in their origin, they were made to have the ability to interact with the humankind. Okay? And I want to take you to Genesis chapter 3, and let's look at uh, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Genesis three twenty-two through 24. Then the Lord God said, Behold, 
The man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was made. He also, and so he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Now quickly, here's what's going on. Genesis chapter 3 is the fall of mankind. And I didn't spend any time looking at it, but then an angel starts this chapter, an angel ends this chapter. The beginning talks about this serpent, this, this, this fallen angel. But he tempts mankind to, to give up his rightful place to have dominance over this planet. In essence, turn that dominance and allegiance over to Satan himself, and he falls into sin by disobeying God. Now, in their fallen state, God says, I don't want them to go to this tree of life, which apparently was a tree that if you had access to it, you could just live forever. It was the, the source of eternal life, better even than the mythical fountain of youth. But uh, he knew that to be redeemed from our sins, ultimately we had to go through the process of death or of change that death brings so that we could be freed from these bodies and be restored into who we need to be. And then ultimately resurrection will restore the body itself. So it's all part of that process. So to bar us from continuing perpetually in our fallen state, to give us the chance of redemption, we had to be barred from that tree of life. So what you do, he puts a cherubim there, and that's one of the designations of angelic creatures. And there's basically three designations we see in the Bible. Cherubim, which we see here. There's the seraphim that we see in Isaiah chapter 6, which literally means a burning one, so it's a designation. And then they have the, the designation of an archangel. In the book of Jude, the, the archangel Michael is named by that designation. So we have those designations, and they have different characteristics. But cherubim seem to be a ruling angel or a guardian of God. They seem to be kind of God's honor guard and maybe his, uh, the soldiers, the protectors. And here this one is given. Notice it's always just a little bit outside the human realm and understanding. He's given this flaming sword which turns every way. And I, I don't completely understand what that means other than you were not going to get back to the tree. This just tells us this. As God selects, he allowed Satan. He also allowed this angel to interact with mankind, and he can interact with us. Maybe you've had one of those sort of mysterious experiences. Maybe not. But the Bible is full of these moments when an angel just shows up and does his bidding. Here's the great news. God's angels are on the winning team. When it's all said and done, the angels are going to be part of judgment. They're going to be part of victory. They're going to be part of the coming kingdom. And if you're one of his children, so are you. So are you. I just want to take a moment and say this to you. If you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, I just want to invite you. I want you to invite you to put your faith in Christ. He died on the cross for you. And in his dying on the cross for you, he, he, he paid sin's price so that you can be one of his children. With that in mind, he's available to save you if you will just believe in him. Recently, I was with one of, uh, with several of our grandchildren. Some of you know we just welcomed our ninth grandchild into the world, and uh, we're excited about that. But I was with one of our other grandchildren, still a preschooler, and my wife had got some of these wonderful creations. Got a box of Cheez-Its. And uh, so, you know, I mean, who wouldn't like Cheez-Its, you know, made with real cheese, crunchy, scrunchy. And maybe maybe you haven't learned the wonders of Cheez-Its yet. But uh, as we were looking at Cheez-Its, I said to my little grandson, I said, would you like some Cheez-Its? said, no. I said, have you ever tried them? No. <laughs> I said, how can you know if you don't, how, how are you sure you don't like them if you've never tried them? <laughs> well, my logic failed with him, but I don't want my logic to fail with you. How do you know coming to Christ won't work for you if you've never tried it? 
if you've never tasted. You may or may not like what I like to eat, but here's something far more important. The Savior wants to be your Savior. He wants to save you. You need to come to Him. Why don't you try Him today? If you need help, we'd be, just contact us. We'd love to share with you the gospel, the good news that Jesus saves. Or maybe right now, you could pray a prayer something like this. Father, you know that I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner, and I need to be saved. I need those sins washed away. And right now, I'm trusting in Christ. I'm trusting that what he did on the cross is sufficient to wash away my sins. I accept your gift of salvation. I now proclaim that I am one of your children and one of your followers through my belief in you. Thank you for saving me. Amen. You prayed a prayer like that. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to share with you and help you to start building a, a new life, a new life that's on the winning team. God has a great team out there, a team that's above us and beyond us and different from us and, and one that we only can interact with as God designs. But he uses all of that to remind us it's a big team. It's a winning team. And we should be excited to serve in that winning team. And if you're on the wrong team now, you can switch sides. You can come to the other side of the field and put your faith in Christ. I pray that you will. Thanks for joining me. We'll get back to our study next time as we continue our study on angels. Angels, agents of God, agents of good. Thank you for joining us for Living the Word today. We appreciate your sharing in this study of the scriptures. And thanks, too, for your prayers and for letting others know of this ministry as we seek to be living the Word today. We would love to have your feedback and to hear from you. And the best way to contact us is through our website, livingthewordtoday.com. Until next time, may His blessing be yours.